0: Well, hello once again, everyone, as we inch ever so closer to the beginning of the 2018 race season here on the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast. Dan Strong, Andy Monday. Nice to see you guys. Joining me, Matt Pannier. Dan, where are we now? Is this 15? Maybe, yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. The big big 1-5. Rich Summers. The Rich Summers summers. podcast.
1: There we go. That's a good way to put it. There we go. Yeah,
0: I like that. I like that. Uh, Andy, how are you doing? Has Good. Has the championship sunk in yet? We always talk to guys, you know, you talk to them like a week after, two weeks after, oh, I don't know if it's sunk in yet. I mean, here we are now. It's March. Has it sunk in yet?
2: Yeah, I think it it really has. And now it's to the point where we're working on 2018 and we know um, our competition is not – Not going to be easy this year with the amount of cars and guys we got coming back. So we're already working on things for this year to try to uh, see if we can't uh, have another successful year and be up front. And just our goal always is just to be in contention going into August and then anything can happen. So we got to get there.
0: Yeah. And it's obviously a long way away. And like you said, sounds like there's going to be more cars, more competition. We just came from the most recent Fox River Racing Club meeting. And one thing that they had brought up was the pit parking, maybe not overflowing yet for the Thursday night, but the red, white, and blue sounds like it's going to be very tight parking. And what that means for you fans and those of you watching up in the stands, well, it means there's going to be a lot of cars there, a lot of extra competition and, you know, more half-mile racers out there for the fans. And I, I know we all love the quarter-mile racers. We're going to see our fair share of them, especially with the Modifieds. I was talking to Joe Verdin at the Motorama show. He said there's going to be a lot of them. But it sounds like we're going to see a lot of super late models and a lot of late models, especially for the red, white, and blue.
2: Yeah, and I think what that is a really win for is obviously the fans. What you're going to see is um, a very pressure-packed qualifying session to get those top 14, top 16 cars in on time. Um, And then you're going to see a really good last-chance semi-feature race with only four of them transferring. So. Um, don't be surprised if there's a week that you know we miss it by a little bit, and we're in in that race. You know, you could see Lowell in that race, Maxwell Schultz. Everybody's going to have that night where maybe they're just off a hair, and with that amount of competition, you know, that's just going to be Makes the way it's going. But that should make for some good racing, um, you know, throughout the night. Um, and then uh, obviously the feature race is going to be your kind of best of the best in that show.
0: Yeah, and you know, you mentioned if if you miss it. Uh, You can miss it in a couple ways, right? You could miss the dash and end up outside of that in that heat race Or you could miss the inversion and end up back behind the fast cars You could totally miss and end up in the last chance race But for a guy like you let's say on some given night that does happen How confident are you that you can take wherever you are wherever your baseline is that kind of maybe you're out of the park a little bit that day and turn it around and get ready. Could we maybe see, with a little bit more competition, something that we haven't seen in a while, maybe a guy comes
2: through the last chance race and goes up and contends for a win? You could. Um, It is a pretty tall order. I I think the best thing to compare it to in that scenario is um, our rule we have on Thursday nights where the feature winner starts in the back the previous week, and we really haven't seen a back-to-back feature winner in quite a few years. It's been a while, yeah. In a super late side, so... Um, really for someone to transfer from the semi feature, start in the back, having the 12 to 15 extra laps on their tires, and then trying to come through the whole field of stout competition, they'd probably have to have a little bit of luck on their side. Maybe a few cautions, a few cars get dinged up, you know, pick a lane Mm -hmm. outside lane goes that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, really looking forward to the season and, um, it, it was already tight competition last year, you know you had you know fast qualifying time could be a nineteen four and a nineteen point seven three tenths off is uh already in the semi feature so that that gap is gonna tighten up even further this year um just to get in the race and then um yeah the, then getting into the racing itself, everybody's gonna be on their a game All right and uh by the way,
0: before we go too far into the podcast, we should mention that uh we do have some very special guests that joined us here at the x bar tonight. Uh, Dan and Ginger Van Dalwick the new owners of WIR, and they're very excited about all of the new faces and people that are showing up. And can you attribute that to maybe some new ownership, some new blood, or is it just sort of one of those things where people have been watching the Fox River Racing Club over the past couple of years, and they know what they're going to get? And, you know, does that attract to Travis Dasso, or Grant Griesbach or Casey Johnson to come back?
2: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both for sure. Um, WIR has been... In the area for a long time, very good program, and with it, you know, exchanging hands from one Van Duwik to another, I think everybody knows what to expect, that there isn't going to be any mass wholesale changes or things they need to worry about, so there's no anxiety around that. Um, but on the same token, with uh, things they're going to do on the promotional side to help promote the drivers and the sponsors on their cars, um, you know, and definitely get the, the teams and cars out there, that's very exciting for everyone.
0: Yeah, and uh, one thing I know that's going to be very exciting is fantastic Dan over here. More videos. Yeah, yeah. You we we've been talking. We've been talking a lot about what you you got some big plans going on this year for the videos and
1: little bit. I little think bit. that's good
0: for the fans. I mean, Andy, you've been you tell me you can go back and you watch all of those.
2: Absolutely. You know, <laughs> if I get a free night and uh, you know say my my wife and daughter are in bed early and I'm just screwing around on my phone or looking for something to watch on TV. I'll go and watch a race and just try to pick up something that maybe I didn't notice or see last year, not even just looking at our car, but just looking at the competition. Like, okay, why does why does Lowell's car start out slower and get faster as the race goes on? Or or why did, you know, the, the 11 car maybe struggle at the beginning of the year, but he was so fast at the end of the year? What What changed in the attitude of that car? And you kind of, you do a little bit of I don't know, almost like watching game tape, like for an NFL player and you kind of dissect it, you know, and, and I guess maybe I'm just obsessed with it, but I know other racers do too, you know, they like to go back and, and watch. And I know you sold a ton of DVDs for all the divisions. So people can go back and see the things because it's only going to make you better, you know, watching it.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm planning on having that weekly here, uh, in 2018 where, even fans can come up and buy DVDs. Um, you know, I'm I've got some a little bit extra hardware that I'm going to be putting into actually uh, doing the videos uh, on a weekly basis, so that there's some audio issues that I've been having recently, and I think it'll solve it. So um, things will sound a little bit better, things will look a little bit better, just be better overall.
0: Should be good. Maybe you can uh, make me not sound like a chipmunk.
1: I mean, that's just your own fault.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's not hereditary because Mike sounds fine. Yeah, when I I get all excited, the voice just kind of raises up a few few octaves. I don't know what that's all about, but uh, yeah, you can tell it's a good race if I'm starting to sound like I maybe sucked in a little helium or something. Um, You know, we're we're kind of at the point now where, gosh, we're probably one podcast away, and then after that, we're going to start the weekly stuff. You know, what's what's going into the preparation right now, Andy, for you and your team? I mean, we're here at the end of March. You've got April. We've got some specials coming up we can touch on here in just a little bit, you know, with the Dells opening up. Obviously, we have the Tundra race that's going to be coming up here on May the 12th. Your car's already been on display, so it's at least that far done. How much more needs to be done?
2: Yeah, we're in a good position um, most years at this point. I know a lot of teams are maybe waiting for their engine to get put in or, um, you know, they just finished painting the car and they got to assemble it. Um, we built the car new last year. Obviously things worked pretty good. So this winter was more of just uh, rebuilding, refreshing things, getting it ready. Um, yeah, we're ready to go. Um, we're just got to uh, put it onto the scales and fill up some fuel in the gas tank and um, probably be out practicing um, as soon as the weather gets nice. Um, I know a lot of the other teams are in that same boat. I know um, I talked to Brent Strauka tonight. He's planning on being at that icebreaker Mm -hmm. race here in a couple weeks at the Dells. Um, Yeah, you know, Taylor Vandermoss, they were just painting their car um, a few weekends ago. I was over by the the, uh, 47 team uh, last week, dropping off some parts. Um, They're building two cars, two new Pathfinder cars this year. So um, they're working hard on those to have those ready. So everybody's kind of in different phases of how far their car is, but come you know, early May when it's go time when all these races are kicking off. Yeah. They'll, they'll be ready to go. Everybody's
0: a little bit different. Some guys will start six, eight weeks ahead of time. I know a few guys that will start like two or three weeks ahead of time. Like <laughs> Litchfield, I'm talking
2: to you. Did you see uh, that March Madness <laughs> meme? Yeah, what March <laughs> Madness means March, for race car, March car driver. March Madness in yep. racing is fitting... What was it? Six Six. months of work into six weeks for a race you knew nine months about? Yeah,
0: Usually it's more like (laughs) three weeks for a few people that I know, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, So Motorama show, 10 car was on display. Uh, There were some race cars in there. The Bennett's were in there as well. Wyatt Brooks was showing his Tundra car, a lot of dirt cars. Uh, I didn't make it there
2: on Saturday. How was the interest? It sounded like it was pretty busy. Pretty busy. Um, I was there for a little bit on Friday. That's when the show opened. Um, A lot of people coming through right away. Um, Had to take off to do a charity uh, 5K race, uh, running race um, on Friday night. Brandon Reichenberger was in the race too. Well, he looks like a fit guy.
0: I'm um, just I'm thinking about myself trying to perform in this, and it's. <laughs> well, we went right past your house. You should have seen us. Did you? Is that what all the barricades were up there, for? There okay. you go. There, there you go. I was I was thinking that's what they were for. I was
2: wondering if they were going to try to box me in or something when I was trying to <laughs> escape. But we came back up Saturday. Saturday was the busiest day uh, by far. Um, I got there I don't know nine ten o'clock, and um, just between handing out schedules, signing hotshot cards for the kids talking to different people that came through that are at the races um, every week. Um, just talk to people straight probably from like 10 o'clock till 2 o'clock. You know, even kind of just forgot about lunch because <laughs> you're just so busy. Sunday was a little more laid back. It seemed like everybody kind of came through um, on Saturday. But um, I don't remember how many schedules Danny and Ginger put out at the WIR table, but they didn't bring many home, which is a good sign. That's that, a very good sign. That racing is well and good, um, and there was a lot of – you know, that, that Motorama show is kind of a, a it, there's a little bit of anything for everybody type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so there's monster trucks, there's the Batmobile, there's an Indy car there. Um, there's a bunch of uh, street racer, tuner cars, drag cars. So um, pretty cool to walk around. Did see you see all Reggie stuff. White's old Reggie car? White's old car, yeah. That was cool. From the movie? That with, was pretty neat. With the so giant a, in it? I think that was a 49. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Yep. A lot of neat stuff up there for sure. Yeah, and you know that's just that's kind of how we all fill
0: our time this time of year, right? I mean, you know, you're working on your race car, you're showing your race car. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we had that online racing school seminar uh, down there in the Dells. Just some good WIR representation at that. Uh, Brent Stralco was down there, Maxwell Schultz, Mike Anthony, uh, Pete McVeigh. So some guys down there uh, learning a little bit, and uh, basically it was two days of pretty intensive, uh, learning about geometry of race cars, roll centers, contact patches. Uh, personally, I got very little out of it <laughs> because I don't know much about that stuff, but, uh, most of the people I talked to actually, I uh, thought it was pretty good. And we even had a guy come down from British Columbia. He says he lives right by the Alaskan highway. It took him 18 hours of flying time. With layovers. So he flew from where he was to Vancouver, Vancouver to Denver, Denver to Madison, and then drove up to the Dells just to check this thing out. Now, how devoted of a race car driver is that? That's pretty crazy, isn't it?
2: Absolutely, but then you got to think of it on the flip side of the coin. There's probably not a lot up there for him to attend to gain some knowledge. So what he just went through, dedicated, he did that, is really giving him an edge above his competition wherever he's competing. His nearest track is five hours.
0: He has to drive five hours to go race. Can you imagine that? You know, we talk about the state of racing and car counts and fan counts and all that stuff here, and, you know, we all get a little nervous. But can you imagine having to drive five hours to your nearest racetrack?
1: How how was it driving down to Iowa when you went down there? Yeah, that That was was probably six hours. Yeah.
0: I would say How is so. that? Yeah, that's a hike. That is a, that's not a fun hike either sometimes. <laughs> it's nice Very when you get to the flat. freeway, but once you get you're going through one fifty one through Cedar Rapids and all that stuff. Dubuque, yep. Yep. Going across that bridge. Yeah. But uh yeah, that was uh that was a really interesting time, you know, and Andy I know you're a guy that likes to learn about those sorts of things and you just you kinda never know what you're gonna pick up.
2: Yeah, and that's really I mean we've talked about it enough before on the show when we talk about the uh the PRI show and those sorts of things, anything that you can pick up and apply to your racing program, I mean, is really just going to help set you apart from your competition. And I think there's a lot of knowledge out there in the racing world that we know because, you know, we learned it from someone on a race team or somebody we talked to, but to really kind of confirm or validate that information sometimes is just as valuable as learning something new, you know, why do we run the J-bar at higher on the left than the right? Why does that work that way? You know, not just well. That's the way we've always ran it, and it seems to work okay. And Actually, you know, I'm, understanding sh- I'm
0: sure some of those things were brought up, but like I said, bit over my head. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a neat little time of learning there, and may do it again. We'll, we'll have to find out.
1: Come on, aren't you a race car driver already?
0: No. No, no. Didn't you didn't even get did in the PT yet. Yeah, even if I was. You didn't even do that. If, uh... if I were a driver, I would not be a crew member too.
1: <laughs> didn't you do that uh, dirt car thing?
0: I did, but they had those things all set up. We weren't allowed to touch them. Oh, okay. And I was I spun it out. Hey. Well, hey. You have to push the limits to find them, right? That's, that's true. That's what I always <laughs> tell race car drivers after after uh they tag the wall a little bit, but you know.
1: Uh, that's one hard limit.
0: Yeah, well, I just spun it out. I didn't hit the wall, so
1: it's, that's a soft one.
0: I don't, I don't, you, I don't owe Yamaha any money. It'll <laughs> buff It's it. a good yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, I think one thing that we can get into, since this was kind of our tradition before, you know, the off season, is making some picks oh because boy. we got the icebreaker oh boy. coming up here in two weeks. And I might look, look at just, the shirt.
2: Look at the shirt he's wearing yeah, too. And, well, I just saw okay. that was announced. And, was and, coming. And,
0: and I might just happen to have the entire entry list right in front of me right now.
1: So well, you know who
0: my pick's going to be. Well, or would you like to see this particular list?
1: I mean, I know most of the guys who are going to be there.
0: Because yes, he is on that list. He's
1: on the list. Yep, of course he is.
0: So <laughs> we're talking about are are, are, are you are you picking this driver, Dan Strong? <laughs> To win the icebreaker 100. The, the, the one that I'm wearing right now. For the third time in four chances because he's won two out of three so far. Right, Was yes. Morrissey the other? Morrissey was the other. Okay. And Morrissey is not yet on this list, but I would expect
2: him to be I didn't know if point. Travis Sauter, I know he won an opener at the Dells, but it maybe it wasn't right. considered quite that the was, uh, That was
0: not the icebreaker. Okay. Yep.
2: So, yes, I will go
1: with... Who I'm wearing right now. So you're, Ty you will Majeski. pick Ty, Majeski, Ty Majeski, Majeski
0: the Icebreaker 100. What do oh, we got course. on this,
2: anyway? Because doesn't matter. owe me, like, 56 dozen I'm donuts? I'm just trying to get out of the hole right Cherry now. Cherry Lemon Sundrop God, yeah. at yeah. Boy Corner Store. And
1: Hey, I paid up mine, so. Yeah. What was yours? What did you owe? Oh, I, actually, I if
0: you recall, I bought you something...
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I did bring you something on championship night. Yeah, I do a, remember that. a little bottle of champagne. I don't know and whatever happened to that. It's
2: still stained from uh, <laughs> the woods. It's yeah. peeling. It
0: still <laughs> smells a little bit like uh, like the Elkie Hall. Um, all right. <clears throat> well, I guess because you win all the time, I get to pick next, right? Is that how that works? I didn't yeah. win a
2: single race last year. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, <laughs>
0: the guy that picks the dark horse to win the to win, Old the guy, no, the guy that <laughs> picks the dark horse to win the uh, Dixieland 250, after someone gets disqualified,
2: magically there's Andy Monday's pick to actual actually. And take what am the I win. drinking right now as we do this? Some, Some Bushlight, Bush Light. Bush Light. Casey Johnson's favorite beer, Bushlight. All right. Well, and then you picked that
1: um, uh, plover. Oh, the 44? The 44. Yeah. The Quattro? Yeah. yeah.
0: See, now I really want to take Morrissey. Like I said, he's not on this list, and there there are two ways I can go with this. I think he's going to show up, but he also may show up as Colin
2: Slife's crew chief. Mm-hmm. So, I, And then the question is, is he in the black 39 or is he in Sal's right, 39? Right. And, and honestly, I don't think it makes much of a difference.
0: No, because um, Sal's
2: got really good equipment. Too. But I yep.
0: do understand that Sal is going to have a new driver this year. If the rumors are true, and I will go out on a limb and I will take this driver, and his name is Johnny Sauter.
2: That's on a limb, isn't it? Yeah.
0: No. Well, Johnny is Sauter. Johnny
2: in his own car.
0: Johnny. Well, that's just the thing. Do we know if Johnny's in his own car? Feel a little bit more confident about the pick, right? Just because yeah. Johnny's comfortable in his stuff, right? Johnny in a new race car that he hasn't driven before—is he good with it? Is he not? We don't know. So that's kind of where I feel like I'm going out on a limb. If that is the case, but
2: I will go with Johnny Sauter after the big Oktoberfest win to come back and take an icebreaker win. And if Johnny is in his own equipment, I can tell you he is getting uh, his engine locally now at B&B mm-hmm. Race Engines in Appleton. I know Donnie was working on a on a motor for him. So, so now the uh, I think entry there's is this piss over to me. I think there's
0: one pretty good slam dunk still left on there.
2: Oh boy, let me look through this. Who's the guy from Florida?
0: There's a couple guys there from Indiana. That yeah. They well, got, wait, they never Florida? Won. No, that Dalton's guy. Here.
2: That guy.
1: I thought he's yep. from somewhereville, Idaho.
0: Somewhereville, Idaho. Well, it, has, it just depends where you want him to be from. Can be from uh, Michigan too. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, there's a couple guys from Indiana on there. Really? It's, uh yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be, be a real uh, going to be a real I'd, interesting field. I think for the this icebreaker. list is
2: uh just preliminary of 32 because it there's is. like five guys on yep. this list that are that aren't on this list that I know are coming down for it.
0: Yeah, Brent is still not on that mm-hmm. list uh oh, yeah. just for an example. I think there's one more slam dunk on Which, there.
2: You know, I kind of want to lean the Dan Fredrickson route, but I'm not going to do it. Okay. I am going to go with one of our FRRC regulars, and that's the Montello missile, Bobby, Ooh, Kendall. Bobby Kendall. Ooh, Bobby Kendall. that's a good choice for he, down there. I think he led the most laps last year at the following Yeah. Um, before mm-hmm. losing the lead, and I think probably over the winter that that left us our taste oh, and yeah. yeah. was mouth. definitely. Um, they did a build a brand new car over the winter um, with uh, race tech from Joe over there. So whether they have the brand new car out or the old car. Um, he gets around the dells so good. He so. does. He's always he's He's always, the he's
0: yeah, he's he's always a got way. a very good qualifying effort. It's just unfortunately sometimes he doesn't find the end of the race. And we kind of he uh, he did really well in our tundra race. I believe he ended up finishing was it uh, second or third? Yep. And in, third, in I that think. race. So he's he's a good pick. And now of course he's going to win because Andy Money picked course, him. Of so course. if he does, Bobby Kendall, if you're listening. Just remember, if you win the icebreaker and Andy Monday is anywhere near you on opening night at WIR, maybe you just slide out of the way and let him go on pass, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. the yeah, only you know. way to do it. Way. Just,
0: just be a little fair to him. Be a little fair <laughs> to him. So that kind of puts us at, what, the second week of April. Yeah, not much going on. Precious sessions, let's, Yeah, let's days. really hope that the weather starts breaking here soon because it's not looking nice for next weekend. <laughs> nope. It's, and it's, you know, ugh, it, it's been cold.
1: Like we'll have a Wednesday that's been that'll be like in the fifties, and then like we get to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. and it's just like twenty degrees, which
0: was kind of the opposite of what was happening in February, right? Where it was really yeah. cold throughout the week, and then by the weekend it'd be about sixty, and you'd be yep. thinking, okay, this is pretty cool. This can. Why keep are we up.
1: not and, out at the racetrack right now?
0: Yeah. Oh now, it, now it's flipping. Well, we know some racetrack owners. That's true. They we might do. be in this pot That should have been a question. Just throw at them. <laughs> yeah. Hey,
2: is there any possibility that if When's it's the like track a. Open? Yeah, if it's
0: really nice in February and there's no snow on the ground. Let's like, help
2: eliminate the calls to Danny. When's the first time we can get on the track? Yeah. Or yeah. even if
0: there is snow on the ground, like Martinsville, we can just get the plow out and <laughs> rip it all off of there. How crazy was that? Uh, I've never seen anything it. like that before in a NASCAR I mean, race. Right? You know,
1: uh, you would think they would just use the jet dryers. I'd think they'd be warm enough
0: <laughs> to blow and melt. Yeah. yeah. Well, they might not. Do they have the jet dryers or do they have the air dryers? Oh, the air Titan. Oh. Yeah, they, they might have the, the air tighten. Titan. That would just kind of blow everything away and yeah. then right back in place. I would yeah. imagine. Yeah, I guess it just kind of depends what they have. They just have it to, just to steal blow one it up from in, the, in the air and it would land yep. right yeah. back yeah. down. They just have to. Steal That'd be one cool from Daytona. though. Be like a big snow globe <laughs> at Martinsville. Yeah, get the cars going around there. It's like. Just have them following the air yeah. titan.
2: Yeah, world's largest snow globe at Martinsville. Yeah, so really after the icebreaker, yeah. if the weather is nice, then we're the, looking at the Plover opener, yeah. right? Well, you
0: got the Dirt Kings race at Shano on the 14th. They had a bunch just, of their cars at the Motor Show, which that should be a very good one. And dirt racing, to me, in the springtime is a little bit more volatile because you really have to worry about it. If it snows on an asphalt track the week before, it can clear off and melt, but if it clears off and melts on a dirt track, it goes right in and...
2: And I seen Shano yeah. they had a, a drone video they put up the other day on social media, and there's still snow in one yeah. or two where it's kind of in the shade yet. It's so. a
0: little sloppy, so yeah. uh, hopefully within the next three weeks things dry up there and, and they're able to get their showing. So. If they run
2: that race, though, I'll take Nick Amblink. <laughs> yeah. His home track, ah. third Kings champion, uh. that's that's up. All right, I'll take Sw- I'll take
0: winner. Swedberg because he was close last year. So Swed- Swedberg be my backup pick on that.
2: And Dan's going.
0: I I guy. don't do Jared, dirt. Jared Seifert.
2: Okay, he would be a safe one. Okay. Otherwise, those Schmidt guys are pretty good there too. But anyway, that's a track where a lot of a regular could win. Yeah, a guy that doesn't maybe follow the dirt. Kings, True. How like about uh, Tim Rothy former Fox River yeah. Racing Club champion, two time? There you go. Tom Nairt. Tom Nair, Tom Nair strong could be a good one. Yeah, for Rocket sure. Ron Berna.
1: Yeah. And all of these names minus Rothy. Okay, I know I whoosh. know where
2: you're going April fourteenth. Yeah. Okay. Put it on your calendar. You, you, you do need to go check it out. Those are some Where's this place at? Shaunel Speedway. It's not Shawano
0: very Speedway. far at all. It's a good time. Yeah. And then the Dirt Kings and are back April there on 14th. May the nineteenth as well. For, you know where Wapeka is?
2: Yeah. It's not over there. Okay. Not at all. Not
0: even close.
2: I
1: know where Shano is. So. <laughs> <laughs> right
0: up 40. Uh, just go right up 47 and cut across 29 and uh, you, got it. you will find yeah, your I, way well, there.
2: I know,
1: where, I know where it is. Don't okay. worry. Don't right. worry. I used
0: to run the scoreboard there. That was my first actual official the tower job. tower
2: inside the track? My
0: very first official actual job in racing was the sun drop scoreboard operator. Joe Vertigan, who does the PR for the club, was the announcer. And I drank so much Sundrop that year. It was incredible. It was great, though. It was a good time. And by the way, I went back there to announce for the first time in years this year when I went for the Dirt Kings race, same exact setup for the scoreboard. Same
2: piece of equipment, everything. It was fantastic. Wow. You know, it's like the Wrigley Field of yeah. racing scoreboards in Wisconsin. Probably. probably. With the Sean will speed yeah. Day one, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's the classic. It's a classic, man. Let me tell you. Hey,
2: it ain't broke, don't fix it. Absolutely, That's true.
0: absolutely not. But um, so okay, we got Shano. Then the following week, uh, I, the icebreaker is slated for a rain date just in case. Yep. And then following that, you had mentioned Golden Sands got big thaw. You got them. Did you, Didn't got your you say opener? you were maybe thinking about that one, or I know you were Ooh. thinking about their race at the end of the year last year, which got rained out.
2: Yeah, that's one of those tracks we'd like to get back to. We haven't been there um, in a few years. We obviously haven't been there with our new cars. So weather dependent, if we can get out there and maybe test mm-hmm. and see if we are halfway in the ballpark, um, that could be one that uh, we'd be interested in doing. Um, otherwise, I'll be there probably either way as Mickey Shally is going to run that race for sure. Okay. Um, he's working hard, the 91 car at uh, Kakana. To get his car ready for yeah. that, so and he um, uh,
0: he had a pretty solid debut his first time there when he came and ran the Thunder race. It looked like he was picking it up pretty quick. Yeah, he was very, very
2: happy to make the show and uh, likes running the track. So, I'm um, looking forward to seeing him run out there. So, yeah, the the thaw that should be a good turnout. Yeah, and like that, that what five grand to win, three grand. To uh, win? yeah, they're gonna throw some money at that one. Yeah. That should be good. Uh,
0: they're throwing some good money at the uh, Dells races this year too. Uh, I've noticed, um, but yeah, like you said, Slinger opener. And then the Shear, 10K to win. Probably going to see some guys. I've heard maybe Harrison Burton might be showing up for that one. Um, now that Chris Wimmer is moving his operation back up here, if I think if Harrison doesn't have anything else going on, you might see him there. And then after that, finally, it's WIR time. We're going Tundra racing on May the 12th. May 12th. We're May probably, 12th.
2: what... 49-ish days away. Somewhere around I don't there. there. Yeah. I right. Six yeah. or seven weeks. Yep. Not enough time for me. Come on, Matt. Yeah. You've had
0: all winter. Is I March know. March Madness for the promoter, too? Oh, <laughs> sometimes. You just, you, you never know, but... um,
2: <clears throat> what, 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 what is it? this?
1: So, the video guy, You're all right of it. my stuff is all set up, and I know what I'm doing yeah. with it, because it doesn't change from last year, obviously, but... Oh, see, we don't change anything, but we...
0: Do change things which is kind of weird you know we just make this minuscule change and it's got to go through all these channels and then it needs to be communicated. Being a race promoter is, as you're going to find out here in our interview in just a few <laughs> moments uh, there there are channels and there are things to go through and one of the things that we just did is Da-da-da-da. we made a big change uh, we had been starting at 2 o'clock the past four years this year we're going to the night we're going to start at 645 we're going to do it like the normal kakata time
2: under the lights, under the lights, Face time. and what, what prompted the change? West
0: Round One. Well, here's a, there are a few things. Um, first of all, yeah, you know, anytime you make a change like this, you have to weigh the pros and cons, right? What are the bad points of doing this? What are the good points of doing this? And really, the biggest con I could think of was there is the very distinct possibility there always is that maybe the weather might not be so nice at night. We found that out last year. Uh, the Thursday night opener, if you can remember, everybody had their uh, winter coats nope. and tukes on, and all those sorts of things. Uh, but the nighttime on our night when we ran our Tundra race was actually still very nice, very mild. So uh, we've been blessed with some very nice weather the past four years, and hopefully it happens again. Uh, but that was kind of the biggest con, and unfortunately, I can't look seven weeks <laughs> into the future and they find out and know what's find gonna gonna out what, in three yeah, days. Find out what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. But what I do know is last year we actually had some people, some fans, calling the racetrack at 4 or 5 o'clock, wondering what time the race has started because they are so conditioned, so used to the night racing at Kacona. So you, you factor that in with the fact that maybe it's going to be a nice day. It's Mother's Day weekend. People are going out and they're doing stuff during the day. Some people still have to work. Maybe you're doing your yard work. You're going to the home improvement store. Uh, but your nighttime's free. So there's that. Wait a minute,
1: This Mother's Day weekend? Um, That is. Okay, I know exactly what I'm getting my mom for Mother's Day now.
0: Perfect, you're bringing her to the races. Absolutely. Absolutely, (laughs) bring Ma along, we'll show her a good time. Um, Another big thing for me is uh, it allows us to eliminate that Friday practice. Uh, We were doing the Friday practice just to give guys time to shake down their cars, because for a lot of them, it was their first race of the year, but now... With the icebreaker, with the plover race, a lot of our drivers will go to those events, so they'll have the track time to know that their car is not going to fall apart. There's also the Kakana Thursday practice, which is the week before. Uh, our drivers are more than allowed to go. Plus, the Thursday night guys who are going to race with us are going to go. Yep. So. And there's two Tuesday night. Right. So that are
2: in May even before the Tundra. Now so we don't have to worry about three opportunities. Yeah. So
0: now we don't have to really worry about someone coming out with a car for the very first time for the year and greasing down the track during a practice. But we are still going to open up early, have about five, five and a half, six hours worth of practice, plenty of time. And then our drivers don't have to come and get hotel rooms on Friday night, take off of work, all those sorts of things. So hopefully it's going to end up being a benefit to them in saving some cost. So, Yeah, uh, it sounds like a yeah, win-win uh, for a everybody. A lot of yeah. factors in little nervous about running at night just because of the weather but if
2: the weather holds off I think it's going to be a huge win for everybody yeah absolutely and and that's you know as a driver too that's when you're used to racing that's sure. you know you you race at night and the day races are a little bit different um you're not used to getting at the track at eight o'clock in the morning and practicing at 10 and you know it doesn't sound like a big deal but The setup stuff does change on the car a little bit when you're doing stuff like that versus setting up for night racing because you throw another wrench into it that we'll be practicing in the afternoon that Saturday. You know, we already know in advance it's going to be 70 and sunny, uh, but once the sun gets out or once the sun goes down and it cools off, it'll be 65 and sunny. Right? It's going to (laughs) be you know, it's going to be 60 degrees and the track's going to tighten up and you're going to have to make your adjustments accordingly and that, that adds another factor to it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. uh, You know, we made a lot of changes this year in hopes of drawing some more local interest. Um, Not only this with the change in the time, but also bringing the late model class in Uh, been talking to a lot of the late model guys. They're very excited about coming here for the, for the tundra opener, because now they get a chance just like you guys do to see where they're at before the season starts. So uh, I would think that the majority, it seems, of the Thursday night late model guys are going to be there uh, and, and take the opportunity. So, uh, if you're if you're planning to come out, you're, you're going to see quite a bit of action out on the big half mile this year.
2: Yeah, and I think the local guys will take advantage of that because it's a little preseason tune-up race mm-hmm. um, before the Thursday start. Um, but even the travelers, there's a lot of um, big eight style late model cars around yep. the state. That, you know, maybe because of how far away they live or work schedules, they they can't get here on Thursdays, even if it is for red, white, and blue. Um, this would be their opportunity to come race a Kakana on a Saturday evening show um, where they can fit that in. So you might see some guys that have never raced here before come up for that um, and compete. And um, that, uh, that should be a great added element to the program. Plus, you still have the Super Stocks. That's yep. part of it as well. The, uh, the Tundra-style
0: sportsmen, they'll be on the half mile as well too. So uh, I was just talking to Dylan Wenzel. He's all ready to go. Uh, well, not completely ready to go, but he's planning on being ready to go. So uh, it should should be a fantastic show. I mean, if if you haven't seen one of our Tundra races yet, well, first off, shame on you uh, because the last few have been exceptional. You take a look at last year. We set a new track record during qualifying And then that car is leading and suddenly gets passed on the last turn by Steve Apel, uh, who ends up winning, you know, Steve Apel, former red, white and blue champion, former slinger champion. And then a couple of years ago, he and Ty have had a couple of good battles, too, in two years prior. So there has always been that level of excitement uh, at our Cacana races and. I don't know. Maybe when we get closer, we can make some picks. What do you say? We'll probably, yeah, probably we'll do at least we'll do at least one more podcast before I'm sure most definitely. Yeah, we'll see one if Andy two. we'll see if Andy finally picks himself.
3: No, no. I, I want to keep, keep winning this podcast. Oh, are we're, we're waiting for the
0: day that he picks himself. See,
1: the thing is, he hasn't won a. When's the last time you won a feature?
2: Oh, that would have been wow, you, are, uh, you
0: were just tossing down the gauntlet Dan mm-hmm. That would have
2: been uh, August of 16 Me and Casey Johnson ran side by side For about 20 laps so, see, Was that he's... the blue race? No it was the week after Okay.
1: So see he's he's a year and a half out of practice now
2: He doesn't know what it's <laughs> like winning a feature
0: Well see here's the thing though When he comes for the tundra race uh, Unless he teams with someone again for points He doesn't have to worry about points That's fair so, you know, you had the little – we had the talk with the Johnny D situation where it was like, okay, Johnny, just go. I'm racing for points. You get to the Tundra race, he doesn't have to worry about that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. You're racing for the trophy. I might team up with someone yet, though. We'll see. Okay. Okay. Well, you, you were, you were going to do that last year. You were going to set up this uh, – what did you call it? Tinder for Tundra? Tinder, Tinder, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. yeah. need to set that up yet where – you have Gates well, we looking we for are, mates.
0: yeah, we already matched Brent Strelka with uh Mark Macasee. So a good there's pair. there's a good yeah. team. Yeah. They've got a really nice schedule. Uh maybe I'll team with Cole well, Anderson.
2: There is you he go. for someone?
0: Uh, I don't know if Cole is or not. I don't know if he's gonna come to Kakana this year. Uh oh, that, that was the one race that he missed.
1: That team uh Brent and uh Mcassie? that, that car is already won at uh Kakana for the Tundra.
2: Yeah, the Strelka car is the old April car. Yep. Okay. Well, let's just put it this way, though. I mean,
0: and I love Brent to death, but he's got to learn how to finish a race in Tundra. (laughs) And he knows it. He knows it. He was our hard luck award winner this year. He won the best appearing car. But, uh, you know, I I handed him an award for hard luck, and I was looking through all of his stats, and I found out his best finish of the year was 12th, and it was a DNF. So, you know, just kind of tossing it out there, Brent. We love you. We want (laughs) to see you be successful. We know Bigger and better things are ahead. And Mackesy, he won two in a row two years ago. He won yeah. at State Park, and then he won at Fuller. So I mean, Brent's yeah. got
1: the you know the late model championship here yeah. a few years back, and but he's
0: always been good at Marshfield, oh, so absolutely. he's got a chance yeah. there. So
1: I mean, he took a late model, converted it into a super yeah. late model, and still wound up third. So, Cat yeah, that could, be a, that could I can't
2: be a very say nothing, formidable team. Last year, teaming up with Sally, uh, I was the only one to finish a race. And I was at <laughs> yeah. the Dells, and I think I was 12, too. So, yeah. there you go. Yeah. We, we had a rough go. Over Brandon too. did have a really tough year. <laughs> and it, it, it's
0: really tough to see Brandon
2: have a tough year because he's
0: such a good guy. His cars are always beautiful, and you know they're fast, but he's just always kind of got that bad luck bug. Just some kind, some sort of bad luck always kind of seems to bite Brandon Sully. But I don't know. Hopefully, we'll see him back again this year. and Bigger and better things for Sally. Maybe we'll have to team up with him again.
2: Yeah, I, I've I've yeah, always been be. really good friends he with him. for it. Our dads used to race together on the yeah. quarter mile back in the eighties, knowing each other forever. So, absolutely. All good right. Okay. So we got the Tundra race, and then we go back
0: Thursday night racing the following Thank Thursday. Thank God. Well, actually, no. The following Thursday is the pit party. The pit party. Right? Well, that's we're gonna still get into yeah, we're gonna get into that a little bit more in our interview with Dan and Ginger. You guys will hear a little bit more about where they got that idea. That's going to be a neat thing. That's going to be a really neat thing. It's uh it's you know it's virtually kind of like a free thing that you can do as a track. You know, you're not paying insurance fees or anything like that or payouts or you're just getting people in there getting them exposed and hopefully bringing new people in to get them exposed to short track racing.
2: Yeah, absolutely, you know, you, you use your venue as a glorified car show, bring a band in, um, let the fans come down You know, we usually get done racing by 9.30, 10 o'clock on Thursday nights I would guess 75% or more of the fans end up going home You know, the only 25% or so actually come down in the pits after a race on Thursday night mm-hmm. um, Now this gives an opportunity for everybody to come down because they can come down right at 5, 6 o'clock Come check everything out, hang out with everybody and um, have a good time, so we're looking forward to it. Yeah, it should oh, yeah. be a great time. Should be a great time. I think uh, I think it's a really great idea, and I
0: I hope that a few other tracks kind of take notice. Maybe some promoters might show up if they have the chance and kind of take a little look and see how this all works out so
1: and maybe there might be a video podcast I'll, there we we'll go have to talk about that but uh, yeah and, and i had I th- that idea about it
0: that's excellent and uh i know uh ginger had approached me and asked me about maybe doing some facebook live stuff so if you're not able to make it and you want to check some facebook stuff out um it'll probably be the second most Entertaining day of Facebook Lives <laughs> from the from Wisconsin International Raceway in the last calendar year.
2: I'm not going to get any further into that, but uh, Kyle still hasn't watched any of those. Uh, yes, he has. Don't uh, let I, him fool with you. With <laughs> you. If I, <laughs> I if I were Kyle him.
0: Quella, I probably wouldn't want to watch them either.
1: <laughs> I have shown him. Granted, it was at another bar, but I <laughs> held him down
0: him. and said, "Look what you did, Kyle." Quella. Do you not
1: remember this? <laughs> nope. Oh boy. Well, Sleep for half of them.
0: So yeah, he was very peaceful. So we didn't really <laughs> want to wake him up, but, uh, yeah. And then like we said, after that, finally, Thursday night racing. So so oh, it's, it seems far away, but there's a lot of good stuff in the meantime to keep us busy.
2: Yeah. It's gonna, once it gets here, like you said, once we get that icebreaker race in, you get the, the nicer weather coming, you get people out practicing, it's just going to start rolling and then, uh. The days and weeks are going to go pretty quick, and we're going to get in our Thursday routine, and off we go. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, it's going to be September again, and we're going to go. Right.
1: But hey, you guys want to do a podcast? <laughs> I don't know.
0: But at least we'll have a full season of podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we won't be like, when oh, do hey. we, we start? White race? White race, right?
1: Mm, I want to say it was... Last week in June? Yeah, maybe,
2: okay, the, so maybe, maybe a before the 4th of July fireworks night type yep. thing.
1: Yeah, because you came to me like second or third week, and you're like, hey you do the videos right <laughs> we should do a podcast and then we tracked down duco that night and two weeks later we did the podcast so yeah i think someone had
0: mentioned something to me about that i think it might have been you andy you had mentioned that to me probably even before the year started that you were kind of thinking maybe we should do something like that so you found the right guy to get the wheels in motion i guess yeah
2: we got to figure it out yeah
0: all Get right. The,
1: uh, funding for it as well. So
0: well, we are going to jump now into our interview uh, with the newest owners of Wisconsin International Raceway, and not so so new. I mean, they've been at it since the end of last off season, and you're going to find out that they've actually been entrenched in this a lot longer than just since the since the end of last season. Uh, here is our interview with Dan and Ginger Van Dolwick. Well, we are here with some very special guests. Of course, we're at the X-Bar here in lovely downtown Kokona, and we've finally, finally got some time with the new owners of Wisconsin International Raceway, Dan and Ginger Van Dalwick. Welcome to the X-Bar. Welcome to the Rumble Over the Thunder podcast. How excited are you guys for some Thursday Night Racing? Extremely excited, of course. <laughs> Just can't wait to get the season rolling. Um yeah, I mean, what's it been like for you guys? Now, you don't just have to worry about the Thursday night stuff. You guys got the drag racing, you have the Thunder race, you have all the special events. There's a lot on your plate for racing at WIR this year. Just tell us about
3: taking over all that. Um, God, it's a, I don't know, it's a big, it's a big undertaking, I guess. There's the, uh, God, I don't even know where to start. just been busy. Uh, I'm excited about everything, but as far as the, like the Thursday night program, it's not such a big deal with the Fox River Racing Club taking and you know doing most of the work for me. I guess as far as running the race, we just got to take care of the basic operations, you know, concessions and things like that, security, whatever. Drag racing, on the other hand, is another that's a whole different deal. That's a lot bigger deal, I guess, to us. Um,
0: well, more so because a- you guys actually have to do. The promoting of that, whereas the Fox River Racing Club kind of helps you, but you guys are not only the track owners, but also the promoters of those events, so there's a little bit more into that for you then.
3: Yeah, it's more time consuming, I guess. You know, with the drag strip, it's a we pretty much take care of everything, from tech inspecting, to the promoting, to you know, officiating the races, to running the race, setting everything up, it's a, you know, pretty much everything comes down on us there with the Thursday night program's a little easier. you got the club to take care of the racing end of it. you know kind of opens up a little extra time, and when you're running three four events a week, that's very helpful you know so one question
2: that I've come across a lot um that we've gotten from some people is now that you guys have taken over the track, what is going to change? That's what everybody is on everybody's mind is like all right, we got new owners in here. Um, are they going to change the program? Are they going to do something different? Um, what are your thoughts when people ask that question? Paint the walls yellow.
3: Mm, yellow paint. <laughs> and then paint the That's what the Wimmers did, did at Wausau. <laughs> so suddenly you show up and the walls are all yellow. I guess not a lot is going to change, other than we're going to spend a lot more effort on the promoting, trying to get more people in. Uh, a goal that we have set. We really want to get 4,000 people average on our Thursday night program, which you know would be great. And I don't see any reason why we can't do it. There's close to a half million people within 35 miles of the track. There's no reason we can't get the 4,000 people. So that's our main thing is working on getting more people out there, promoting the track, you know, let more people know that the track's even here, get people brought back out there, I guess. Um, other than that, the program itself is really not going to change. It's just a matter of getting more people, try to get the spectators out there, and yeah, just make it better for everybody. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, Ginger, jump in. This is just a this is just a <laughs> loose podcast. Anytime, yeah, this you is jump very in, informal. Just, if you haven't in. listened yet, mm. the water's
1: fine.
4: Yeah, I think it's um, important to note that you know two very successful generations prior to the third generation being Dan um, really laid a great foundation so the majority of what we're looking at in 2018 is to stay the course with a lot of that Um, you know so overall pricing isn't changing food prices are staying the same gate prices are staying the same Um, and as far as event promotion goes um, the drag strip is what's real hot right now is street racing. I know this podcast is about oval racing. Um, but I race you know. on the street to get to the back to back out.
2: Especially when it's gonna like maybe kinda sorta rain like right every down Thursday yeah, at like well, three see, o'clock. We get half well. pay if,
0: yeah, we get half pay <laughs> if we show up as as a worker, so I need
2: to at least get there before they call it, right? Maybe you should take that up with the new ownership. Maybe I can work on that with you. Yeah, Ope, even if I show up. That's and don't an
4: FRC contractual <laughs> obligation. I like that, by the
0: way, I'm, I'm great with that. That's that's a good plan.
4: But you know, we're really excited to continue everything that happens, you know, on Thursday nights, um, as well as you know, increasing the street scene on the drag strip. So we've increased our street racing by fifty percent over what it used to
0: be. Oh. Yeah, and. I know you, we just come from the club meeting and you were talking about maybe opening some options up for drivers to help marketing themselves. Can you dig into that a little bit? Can you tell us kind of or give us a broad overview of some of the things that maybe you guys might be able to work on with the drivers to, to help them out?
4: Yeah, it's really basic things that won't cost You know, drivers and their their race teams money. It's just um, different ways you know to utilize social media um, and and use them in the way that's going to be most effective and the different demographics that really pay attention to Twitter versus Facebook versus Snapchat versus Instagram um, and really how to maximize that exposure.
0: Now, Ginger, one thing I know about you is that you and Danny have both really been kind of. I guess almost job shadowing or job foreshadowing over the past two to three years where, you know, I've seen Danny hanging out with Roger a lot more than I had ever seen him. I've seen you up in the tower kind of asking us questions, trying to figure out what was going on, maybe seeing where some of the track improvements could be in the future. Just tell me about that process and how important it was for you guys to sort of get that precursor to taking over the track.
4: Well, for me, it was very important. Um, I didn't grow up at WIR like Dan did, um, so for me, I, I really, I took the sense of what I would do in my my regular career, um, really understand what's happening so that if we do want to explore any changes, we really know what we're working with.
0: Yeah, and it, it hasn't just been the last year. This has been, what, two-, three-year process for you guys, right? Yeah,
4: I think I've annoyed you. I think I've been called HR. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's been a few oh, other things I've been called. stays
0: in the tower. You should have <laughs> known that. I'm telling HR. Oh,
3: I guess for me, the last couple of years have been more... I guess paying attention to what's going on. I've always been there. I've been around the track forever for my whole life. Been crossing through
0: the X a few times.
3: Yep, I've done a little bit of, <laughs> little bit of figure eight racing through the years. But I've spent most of my life racing motocross, and that was kind of always my main passion and concern. So I didn't really, I guess I was always at the track, but didn't pay attention as much to the daily operations and everything until it got to the point where things were getting real. And started realizing, okay, a couple more years. We're going to own this place. You know, I better start paying attention to what the hell's going on and get everything figured out and, you know. And I guess there's nobody better to learn all that from than hanging out with my dad. So I've learned a lot from him the last couple of years, and I think that's helped. You know, maybe maybe I should have started a little earlier. Maybe not. It's tough to say. But I did enjoy my time racing motocross, and I wouldn't trade that for nothing.
2: Absolutely. Since you mentioned it, um, you know, can you give us a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look of what goes into the day-to-day operations of running a racetrack? I know we only see what goes on when we go out there to practice or what goes on on race day, but what is your phone ringing off the hook, non-stop? you're lining up sponsorship, you're trying to do repairs at the track, what, what all goes into owning a racetrack? <sighs>
3: Well, now that I own a racetrack, I can honestly say (laughs) about (laughs) five times as much as I ever thought went into it. It's a lot more work than I realized at first, but it's great. I wouldn't trade it. Although it's, it's every day, you know, there's phone calls and emails and there's chasing down sponsors and trying to find sponsors and begging for money from people and trying to put things together and just even getting all the schedules and posters and all promotional items out for the year takes a lot longer than you think it would you know to go through and proofreading going back and forth with the printers and it's it's very time consuming
0: yeah and you know just even for a circle track to do that i remember when wayne lensing took over the dells and i was still somewhat helping him out there uh, all of the time consuming things that he had to go through but you guys are almost it's almost like you bought two race tracks in my eyes because it's not just the circle track but also the drag strip
3: yeah, in fact, this year, between all, this, all the events that we have going on between drag races, oval track events, car shows, different track rentals and everything, we're at like 85 events on the season. And that's, you know, you look at a lot of tracks, they have like a eight race, maybe a 10 race schedule, you know, and that's their season. Where I've got an average of three races or th- three to four events per week all year. You know, and there's some weeks that we've got five or six events going on, so it is very busy. and It's a lot of different things. You know, we cover a lot of aspects of the motorsports, and we're looking to expand into more because I guess didn't get enough punishment with the eighty some <laughs> events we got now. So, <laughs> oh,
0: there's there, you know, there's three hundred and sixty-five days in the year. If you're only covering eighty of them, you know, you're not getting
3: all the way I mean, through.
1: You could always be like. Um, <laughs> Like, Road America, they've got something like 500 on the calendar this year, so.
3: Yeah. Well, Dan Dan left out,
4: Andy, Dan left out all of the employee preparations and payroll and insurance negotiations. I mean, there's more insurance involved with this than I would have ever expected.
0: Um, A question that I would have for you, too, just to follow up on that is, you know, in the past we've seen uh, the fireworks convention, drop fest things like that are there any kind of thoughts toward maybe bringing in some of those special type things non-racing type things
3: yeah we've been working uh we've actually been working really hard on getting a few of these events to come back as well as some other very big events that i can't talk about at this time come on no, no, this is secret stuff. Come <laughs> on, hey, nobody's it listening anyway. They'll listen to you. <laughs> I know nobody's listening except for that one person. Except probably. For one person who's <laughs> going to
0: spill all the beans. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but no, we're looking to expand into all different forms of entertainment, and you know, it's our like the fireworks show. We're we're working on getting them back. We tried to get them for 2019, and it it fell through we didn't get them but we're going to keep working you know maybe 2020 2021 one of these years we'll get them back
4: yeah but that that's probably the biggest thing i mean you know 20 2018 is about to kick off um you know but we are already soliciting for 2019 2020 um it you got to get started 12 months in advance
2: yeah and one of the things that is different for this year that uh, i know a lot of people are really excited about is the uh preseason pit party so May 17th the Thursday before the the first Thursday um, we're gonna have a preseason pit party slash car show I know you guys lined up uh, having some um, music entertainment stuff down in the pits and um, no cars on the racetrack no practice no racing nothing like that but everybody come down free admission have a good time check out the new cars see what's going on so I think that's gonna be a big hit pretty excited about that
3: Yeah, we're hoping this goes over pretty good. We're just trying to get it started this year. You know, maybe build it into something bigger, but we will have, we got a band come in. We're going to allow kids with a helmet to ride your bikes. You know, come out, bring your bikes, bring your big wheels, whatever you have. Big wheel testing. And there you go. May 17th, there's big big wheel wheel testing. Yep, (laughs) exactly. Big wheel testing, tune on the quarter mile.
4: (laughs) Yeah. And the primary driver for that event is really to increase those driver and fan interaction um, opportunities. You know, that's really important, you know, if we want to continue to try to grow that fan base. And it's also really important to all of the track and race team sponsors. This is another opportunity for them to, you know, show where they're supporting and and what products they they offer.
0: And this isn't anything that's really new to you guys, correct? This is something that you've done in the drag strip before or have no. heard of through the drag racing scene? Or
2: how, how did this come about?
4: Motocross. Motocross,
2: okay. <laughs> We're borrowing the idea. The motocross. Are, the mo- <laughs> are the monster girls coming to them Maybe. Oh, yeah. Dan. Maybe. Oh, Damn. <laughs> <Dan. laughs> <laughs> um,
4: but, yeah, it's something that the Supercross community um, and who that sanctioning body is these days, I don't know. Um, but it's something that they started, oh, three, four years back, and it's a huge hit. Um, you know, kids, race fanatics, get get up close and personal with their favorite racers, with their machines, get autographs. Um, it's just, it's a really neat experience.
0: One question that I have for you guys, and this is kind of, this, we're going to drill right down to it at the end of the year when you look back what is going to be the one determining factor for you to say this was a successful year what is the one thing you talked about you know raising awareness bringing in more fans doing this doing that what is the one thing that you're going to look back at the end of the year and say this is what we want to hang our hat on oh
3: god that's tough (laughs) (laughs) honestly at this time
0: can you tell i've been doing a lot of job (laughs) interviews lately i'm getting all these (laughs) weird questions
3: i guess the biggest thing for me in year one is getting the mortgage paid. If I can pay the mortgage, pay all the bills, and have a penny left or anything at the end of the year, that would be successful to me.
4: And I'd like to add, we just really want to make Roger proud.
0: Yeah, well I think he already is, because uh, there's a tremendous buzz around WIR already this year, you know, with Thursday night, and we kind of touched on it a little bit when Andy and Dan and I were just talking, about uh, the car counts that are going to be going up and all those sorts of things. So it really seems like there is already some momentum two months before the season starts.
4: Let's bring it home. <laughs> yeah.
0: Very good. Well, Dan and Ginger, thank you guys so much for joining us. Ginger, I know it's past your bedtime, so uh, we're going to let you go get some sleep.
4: Thanks for having us.
3: Yep, yep thanks, guys.
0: All right. Dan and Ginger Van Delwick, the new owners of Wisconsin International Raceway, they're all ready to go go. All right. And we are back. And by the way, uh, one note that we didn't really touch on in the interview, a a very nice new sponsor that'll be joining uh, Wisconsin International Raceway coming back, Les Stump Ford with the safety vehicles and the pace car. And I was talking to Randy, Randy Alessandri, who's going to be the pace car driver this year. He says, wait until you see this thing.
2: Yeah, it should be pretty sharp. And uh, thank you to Les Stump Ford for their support of our racetrack. They've been a sponsor, you know, of cars and the series forever. You know, I can remember growing up, coming out to the track, watching Jim Duco, you know, mm-hmm. with the 66 car, which is actually Alex Stump now um, with the Stump sponsorship. And even Roger Regath back in the day was oh sponsored by Stump Yeah, of the 66 mid-American so, car, uh, yeah. big supporter racing, uh, Corey Stump. Um, he's out there every Thursday night, um, you know, watching the race, and he's a race fan himself, so we really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it and looking forward to
2: seeing that new pace car. I'm, I'm on pins and needles. I don't get to see it a whole lot cuz I never end up, you know, in first where you're right behind <laughs> the pace car. Well, you get to
0: see the back of it. We we get to see the whole thing the from the stands. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, just watch my videos. I mean, you'll get to see it somewhere
0: okay.
2: along the way. Okay, I'll take a look.
0: Yeah, okay. go go take a look at it or ask your brother. He seems to spend a lot of time back out there, <laughs> you know. He might he might get a good look at it. Um Well, guys, it's it's great to be here. Another big thanks to the X-Bar, who, of course, presents the podcast for the Rumble Over the Thunder. Uh, it's Monday night, so.
1: $4 pitchers. $4, $4 what
0: pitchers, says? yeah. $4 pitchers of Miller Light. Dan, when are you going to get this thing up? Well, do you think you'll do it by the time folks can come in here Saturday for some oh, yeah. 275 UV pints? Or really? Sunday happy hour and free pool all day?
1: Really? They could probably come in for uh, Thursday night dollar
2: 50 pint beer okay i'm still trying to figure out why we don't do the podcast on wednesday, on wednesday with, with a free, free pizza, pizza and, and darts, and darts. Yeah, especially since I we mean, do it right yeah. next to the dartboard I mean, right
0: maybe that's why we don't do it because we're right yeah. next to the dartboard uh, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, we'd be fine dan might get hit by a straight darter too but oh I'll I'll maybe you know the dan. noise he can wear a helmet
0: the noise yeah. of the darts hitting the board and dan making noise when he gets his head hit you know
2: so, Plan Zap 301. And <laughs> yeah, maybe we could put, a,
0: put up a piece of plexiglass or something here to protect us. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. again, big thanks uh, to the X-Bar. And, by the way, uh, if you have not yet, please take some time right now on your smartphone or on your computer, wherever you might be listening to this podcast, and go to the new website. It is beautiful. It is fantastic. dot FRRC.US frrc.us the new Fox River Racing Club website head on over there and check it out and take a good look Tom Janikowski doing some hard work on it so
2: yeah Tom is a great guy and he's been helping us um, the last probably three or four years with uh, the flyers and stuff we share on social media leading up to the event. Um, He's done a great job revamping the website, Um, put a link for our podcast up on the top right side so you don't have to search through your iTunes or SoundCloud. You can just go right to the FRC website and listen to the podcast as well. Um, And that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's just the initial start of it. He's still working on a lot of other things behind the scenes. So really excited to see.
0: FRRC.us. Well, Guys, probably just one more podcast. Uh, we're going to see some racing, but and maybe one more podcast before we actually start seeing some racing at Kakana. I don't know. Maybe we can sneak in another one. We'll see what happens, right?
2: It's coming quick. Yeah, oh, yeah definitely. Well, we
0: are maybe on the we way. Could,
1: uh, maybe we could do a Saturday night podcast after uh tundra i just told you
0: wednesday free, yeah. pizza, wednesday free pizza free pizza, man <laughs> wednesday before I mean, the tundra race
1: we've got you know 275 uv pints after the tundra race
2: yeah well that could get well, dangerous get four dangerous. for ten dollar bombs i don't know what kind that of that could get that's way bombs. More brian dangerous. monday might be here on Friday. yeah yeah,
0: yeah. Da- brian's into that kind of stuff huh <laughs>
2: He's the Jaeger bomb guy. He's yeah, got a Jaeger yeah, machine in yeah. his race trailer. Did you Ooh. know that? Ooh, That came in handy that last Thursday. I was
0: going to say, I think I think I, I think I know my first yeah. stop on the first Thursday night. <laughs> I don't know which trailer I'm headed to. Uh, Dan Strong, if the folks want to find you on Twitter, where can they find you?
1: At uh, DanStrong95.
0: All right. I'm at Matt Pannier.
1: A Monday 10 here.
0: All right. Somebody find us on Twitter.
1: Yeah. We, yeah. wa-
0: we want to know that you're at least listening this far into the podcast. Tweet at one of us.
1: Or all three of us.
0: Yeah, the special phrase, race car. We just want to just, whoever might want to do it, just tweet race car at one of us. And it is a palindrome. Yes. So So you can't misspell it forward or backward. Correct. All right. (laughs) Great having you guys. Let's go racing soon. Let's do it. All right. Stay out of trouble, everyone.